Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast on this beautiful Sunday morning. Uh, If you're watching the video version today, uh, this is part of our Belly Up pregame Sunday slates. So if you're watching the video version, hopefully you enjoyed TSS Fantasy as they kick off our Sunday slate every Sunday leading up to kickoff our Belly Up pregame show from bellyupsports.com. So hopefully you guys all enjoyed TSS Fantasy. If you're listening to it in audio form, uh, you know, you can replay it over and over. We are going to be discussing some things in the NFL, and we're going to talk about the Chicago Bears, talk a little bit about their last game versus the Packers, and we'll dive into a preview versus the Vikings. They will be playing on Monday Night Football, but craziness, some craziness in the NFL. We'll discuss some of the other topics, maybe a whole other podcast episode, but we're going to mainly focus on the Bears versus the Vikings and kind of recap what happened with the Packers and talk about the craziness also happening with the Chicago Bears as they go into the Vikings. So again, uh, hope you enjoyed TSS Fantasy as we lead up through this belly up pregame Sunday. Um, please like and subscribe to the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. Uh, you know, be a friend, tell a friend, like and subscribe. Uh, the audio ver- uh, version, wherever you listen to your podcast, follow it, rate it, be a friend, tell a friend, uh, rate it, review it, all that good stuff. Please and thank you. Again, uh, the podcast is brought to you by BillyUpSports.com. Go to BillyUpSports.com. Check out all the stuff there, uh, the Sports Podcast Network. Um, and also, the po- betting season is in full swing. Um, you want to head over to MyBookie.ag to make your same-game parlays, in-game bets, money lines, 
Uh, if it's your first time using my bookie or anything, well, I've got something for you. If it's your first time using it, on your very first deposit on mybookie.ag, use the code BellyUpFantasy, all one word. It's going to double your first deposit. That is free money. Everybody loves free money to go on and make any type of bets you want. You know, NFL is slowly wrapping up. College football, we still got bowl games to bet on. NBA still is, is going strong. You got NHL going on. And then you got college basketball. So mybookie.ag, use the code BellyUpFantasy, all one word. It's going to double your first deposit. It's free money. Everybody loves free money. Podcast is brought to you by Coach Stone Football and is back to the basics, books, and drills. If you go to CoachStoneFootball.com, check out all of his books on football drills, practice planning, game planning, and much, much more. If you're a football coach like me heading into the offseason, we're always looking to get you know simple or back to the basics. Back to the basics, as Coach Stone always says. If you check out, even his first book has over 500 pages of stuff. It's great stuff. There's plenty on there. You will never have to look up another drill again, I promise you. Thank you, Coach Stone, for sponsoring the podcast. So, uh, we're going to quickly talk about what's been going on in the NFL. There's been some players over the t- over this that have gone into COVID protocols. Uh, they put them on the COVID uh, reserve list, I believe. Kind of like an injury reserved um, you know, if they test positive, they're around somebody, um, they have to report if they're vaccinated or not. Now they're pushing for everybody to get the vaccine, uh, but some players are not, so they have these protocols put in place, but they also have protocols, you know, if they test positive or anything like that. Well, over the past week, a lot of teams have a lot, had about a lot of players test positive. And we'll discuss a little bit. I don't know all the ins and outs. Um, of technical difficulties here. Um, I don't know the ins and outs of everything in their protocols because some of their protocols to some doesn't make sense of when they decide to test, who do they decide to test. Uh, you know, the rules always are changing. You know, if you're vaccinated, you don't get tested. If you're vaccinated, you know, you're, you're around somebody with COVID, well, you don't get tested because you're vaccinated. But now... It's all flip-flopped and this and that. They decide when to test, how to test, every day, everything else. So I don't know. But it all comes down to a lot of things have changed. There's been some NFL criticism, especially from quarterback Baker Mayfield. A lot of teams have had uh, players test positive. So there was on the verge of canceling games. It looked like it was last year where they were freaking out because their game was on a Sunday or, or anything. They got canceled. They can't move it. Well, all we saw in... The COVID year, as I call it for NFL, is they were able to move games. But now, all of a sudden, they're not allowed to move games. I'm not sure. Um, so we'll talk about this. We're going to look at the games they changed, and we'll look at a little bit of criticism to the NFL. Now, this article was written before the one we're going to talk about here soon. Um, a lot of teams have had COVID issues. Uh, Raiders and the Browns have had a lot of COVID issues. So when they play the Raiders, Washington, and Philadelphia Eagles, Seahawks, and Rams. So they've had to change a lot of them. So here, according to ESPN, with COVID-19 hitting some NFL teams hard, Saturday schedule games between the Raiders and the Browns have been moved to Monday. The game's going to be played at 5 p.m. Eastern time with the regular scheduled Monday night football game between the Vikings and the Bears to play its normal time of 8.20 Eastern time. So they've moved... The Browns and uh, the Browns and the Raiders games on the verge of being canceled because the Browns, I believe, have over 20 players on there. And we'll get to Baker Mayfield's comments here in a moment. But right now, you got the Raiders and the Browns move to Monday night. They will play at, at four, so I'm in Central Time, 4 p.m. Central Time, be 5 p.m. Eastern Time. 
right before the Vikings and Bears. I don't think people have a problem with that. It's played right before. Then two games that were scheduled for Sunday, uh, Washington football team versus the Philadelphia Eagles and the Seattle Seahawks versus the Rams have been moved to Tuesday at 7 p.m. And then this is... We're going to keep moving forward here on this article. As of Friday, the Browns have 24 players, 12 starters, including the punter, who was either tested positive for COVID-19 this week or were still on the reserve COVID-19 list from last week. The Rams have 29 players on the reserve COVID-19 list, including wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr., cornerback Jalen Ramsey, outside linebacker Von Miller, and four other starters. Los Angeles lists include tight end Tyler Higby, who missed Monday's night game versus Arizona Cardinals with what was deemed a false positive. But was added again Friday. The Seahawks placed leading wide receiver Tyler Lockett and running back Alex Collins on the reserve COVID-19 list Thursday. Washington has 23 players on the reserve COVID-19 list, including quarterback Taylor Heineke and backup Kyle Allen. The Raiders fought their scheduling change, believe the protocols over the summer were clear that outbreaks could result in forfeiture, a source told ESPN Jeremy Fowler on Friday. However, NFL policy agreed in July, states that a forfeiture would happen only if the all following instances occur. One, a game postponed by requirement of government authorities or at the discretion of a commissioner. The league can't find a suitable makeup date within the framework of the season. Or three, the original postponement was caused by an outbreak among unvaccinated players of one team. Raiders owner Mark Davis told ESPN that moving the team's game against the Browns to Monday night puts Las Vegas at a competitive disadvantage. Health and safety is number one, but it's tough, Davis told ESPN. Maybe Cleveland should travel here. That would make it more fair. The Raiders had hoped the NFL would draw a harder line on pushing games through through as scheduled, especially in lieu of league guidelines over summer that outbreaks due to unvaccinated players could result in forfeiture of games. They're also concerned that Las Vegas, in Las Vegas, that the Browns' um, COVID-19 numbers could get worse between Sunday and Monday through Cleveland. Though Cleveland is hopeful that players returning over the weekend will offset losses. Eagle safety Ronnie McLeod took to, qu- took to Twitter to vent about his team's scheduling change. So we have to suffer and compromise our schedule because of another team's mistake. Make it make sense. Shake my head. A source told ESPN that the Seahawks were also unhappy over their game being postponed and would have preferred to play on Sunday as scheduled. Seattle coach Pete Carroll um, laminated, lamented on playing on Tuesday will force the Seahawks to then play only five days later, calling that a big concern and a big burden for players to have to recover on a short week. It is not what their bodies want to do. They're trained to have a whole week to recover, and they don't get it. So in that regard, if our game could get moved back to Monday, that would help us some. That would kind of get in the middle of next week as well. I don't know what's going to happen, but not a fan of that. For the players' sake, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell issued a memo Friday afternoon to all 32 teams concerning COVID-19 protocols and the playing schedule. We'll make every effort to consistent, any effort consistent with underlining health and safety principles to play our full schedule within the current 18 weeks. Each club is obligated to have its team ready to play at the scheduled time and place. There is no right to postpone a game and games will not be postponed or rescheduled because of roster issues affecting a particular position group or particular number of players. So they've had to move games, and some of the coaches don't like it. 
I completely understand when you have to play on a Tuesday and you come back and play on a Sunday. So what I think needs to happen is if a team does play on that Tuesday, like the Seattle Seahawks, and they've got to come back and play on Sunday, maybe they need to look at that Sunday game whenever the Seahawks play and move that game from the following Sunday to Monday. Because we've seen how flexible they were during the COVID time. So I understand the concerns from some of these coaches. Now, the Raiders one, I don't understand where, since they have to travel, it gives them an unfair advantage because, well, you get an extra day to travel. So I don't quite understand that argument. That one makes no sense. I think, you know, Mark Davis is just trying to find something to complain about to complain. You know, sometimes the old phrase is, you know, is, you know they're just talking to be heard. That's kind of what I believe he is going with on that. The game, one game, you know, getting moved to Monday is not a big deal. Getting moved to Tuesday is a big deal. Now, from a fan perspective, you're going to have a game on Sunday. You have games on Sundays, Mondays, Tuesday, none on Wednesday. Get your Thursday night game. And I believe a game's going to be played on Saturday. So you're going to get a lot of football games over time and, and the college football bowl games as well. I do agree. I don't. I like how they're not trying to cancel them. You know, I know Mark does like, oh, we were told there'd be a forfeiture. Were well, you looking for the easy win? You know, you're complaining about traveling. I wouldn't be complaining about traveling. You get an extra day to do it. Uh, and again, the thing with these protocols in every major league there is, NBA, NFL, NHL, they're always changing. Um, it's geared towards making money, so I'm not surprised you don't cancel games. I'm not saying they need to. But, you know, we'll get to the Bears-Vikings in a second because there's issues there. It's always the next guy up. So some people are saying, oh, we need to forfeit or we need to do this. No, I think you need to, you know, when you do that, you don't get paid. Now they're making millions of dollars. But you also have to think about game day people. So when you cancel that game, you know, the guys are getting the field ready. The guys that get the game day ready. Uh, the concessions, they don't make money either unless you pay them. Now, if you come out and you say, hey, we're going to pay you no matter what, great. You pay them. But NFL is getting criticized for its COVID, you know, protocols. You saw some of that in the article there. Um, but a lot of players are, you know, testing positive, but they're vaccinated and they're going to punish if they're not vaccinated, which we haven't heard of outside of Antonio Brown, who said he was vaccinated and was not um, that one's way more than Aaron Rodgers. So things are a little bit crazy in the NFL. From a fan perspective, it's great. You get a game every day. I don't like the game getting moved to Tuesday. That's not fair to this to those teams that are playing Tuesday and have to try and play on Sunday. Uh, so I think how you fix that is you have to move that Sunday game. You know, whoever plays on Tuesday, move that Sunday game to Monday. You you have the right to have as many games played as possible. So if you're at the NFL, what what's going to hurt you? Now maybe it's TV stuff. You got to deal with all that. I have no idea. But what's to say you can't have three Monday night games? Have two going on at the same time? You know, people have got laptops and TVs. They could play both at the same time. Why can't you have three games on a Monday? Just move it. I I don't understand why They're, they have the full reign of power to do that. Uh, but NFL got criticized. You know, Baker Mayfield has come out. Um, we're going to read this next article. You know, Browns, Baker Mayfield calls out NFL and protocols as teams COVID-19 outbreak continues. So he is not happy. Now, this article was written before the Browns. The Browns, I believe, at right after this was written, has 24 players. This one claims as a total of 20 players have tested positive this week. Puts their status for the Vegas Raiders in question, which we all know now they're playing. But we're going to go towards the criticism. 
As this outbreak continues to hit the organization, Mayfield took to social media to re- to relay his disconnect with how the NFL has handled the situation. Mayfield questioned the league's stance on player safety as he said, actually caring about player safety would mean delaying the game and this continuing at the rate it is, but to say you won't test vaccinated players if they don't have symptoms, then to pull this randomly doesn't make any sense to me. At this point, the NFL showed notification we're scheduling cancel Saturday's game, which we know they did. So on Twitter, he said, Baker Mayfield at NFL, make up your damn mind on protocols. Showing up and making only three teams tests all so you can keep the game as scheduled to make money. Mayfield did not elaborate on what his making only three teams test comment specifically meant, but he went on to say that the Browns were not tested on Thursday morning and were able to gather for practice, but then were tested the following session. Actually caring about player safety would mean delaying the game with this continuing rate it is, but to say that you won't test vaccinated players if they don't have symptoms, then to pull this randomly doesn't make any sense to me. Tell me if this makes sense. No test this morning. Then let our team gather for practice. Then show up after practice to test them. Something seems off here. That decision to test could be linked to a report from Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. He reported on Thursday that teams that are currently in advanced protocols try to not test asymptomatic vaccinated players. The NFLPA then got involved, and the teams slash NFL backed down again conducted the test. Meanwhile, Brown Center J.C. Treader is the current president of NFLPA. Mayfield's comments also come after the NFL. NFLPA released a memo updating COVID-19 protocols. Under these new protocols, individuals do have an opportunity to return from quarantine quicker so long as they remain asymptomatic because individuals can now return as soon as the day after the initial positive test. Head coach Kevin Stavansky would not rule out any player who recently tested positive, which includes Mayfield. So they've changed these. So the big thing is, and we're not going to get too political on this, is player safety. So what he's talking about is you can't have some players test positive. You have players that are vaccinated, and you say, okay, they're not going to get tested. Come to practice. And right after practice, never mind, we're going to test you. Well, it's too late for that because now you're around people. Um, Vaccinated guys are getting tested positive, even though they show no symptoms. So now they, the reason why they're pushing these games is to give some of these players more time. Now, going back to what the Raiders were saying, if I'm understanding all this correctly, because, again, I don't deep dive into all the protocols and what the NFL does because some of it you know, is shit to me to be nice about it. You know, I, again, we're not going to get political, but some of it's like, what? But it's all it's it's all over the world. It's not just the NFL or anything else. But it's constantly changing. It's constantly interpreted differently. So I don't do a deep dive into it. Um, from the outside looking in, the Raiders seem to be complaining because of an extra day to prepare uh, gives them a disadvantage because they have to go out there and all that stuff. What they should be saying is, oh, you're just pushing the date back. So then some of these players. Because if you're talking about testing positive one day, then the next day you could come back if you show no symptoms or you test negative the next day or whatever it is. I think what they should be complaining about is you're just pushing this back so these players can come back. Now, what Baker Mayfield is saying is if you actually cared about player safety, 
And at the time, because there was no talks to him or to anybody that the game would be delayed or postponed, you're going to play as is. So it's just this big old thing of we're not going to have our starters play. So you're more worried about money. You're not worried about us. You're not worried about people getting COVID. You know, the testing is inconsistent. Um, Aaron Rodgers had blasted the NFL before on Pat McAfee's show about all the protocols. Go watch it. He does more of a deep dive into it than I am aware of, of what goes on. So go, go listen to all that. But they, he has gone after them when they test, how they test, um, you know, all these protocols that they're doing. They're just trying to please people and all that. So this is a sticky, hairy situation. But regardless, the games have been moved so they could play. Uh, some teams need these games to move on to a wild card spot, you know, you know, move up in the playoffs. They kind of need these. So some are complaining, oh, you're just moving them so the players can play. Instead of the teams they haven't sent me a next man up, uh, do we have the right to move? Can you move the whole season? Can you add another week? The NFL has the power to do a lot. So this is a hairy situation, but games have been moved. Baker Mayfield has been very critical of the NFL. Um, he's not the only one. Aaron Rodgers has been out there and been very critical. Um, sticky, sticky situation in the NFL, but we're going to have football almost every day this week. So as fans, we cannot complain too much. Another quick topic in the NFL. Um, Urban Meyer. I had a whole podcast episode on should Urban Meyer, is it time to move on? Urban Meyer has now been fired from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Apparently had an incident with Trevor Lawrence and James Robinson that led to the Jaguars letting him go. Um, we're going to check out this article just to see. There was a common narrative in the wake of Urban Meyer's firing in Jacksonville that the final decision to move on from him was linked to public claims Wednesday by former kicker Josh Lambeau that the coach kicked him in preseason. However, according to the source with knowledge of the situation, owner Sean Conn already knew, already knew by the start of the week that he'd be letting Meyer go just months into his tenure. So... Josh Lambeau is a kicker. Is a kicker for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And a report after the reports have come out of Urban Meyer getting into it with players, calling coaches losers. He's a winner. He only wants to be around winners. They let him go. Then this report comes out right before letting him go. That his kicker said that Urban Meyer basically came up. Told him to make a field goal, kicked him, and he said, don't kick me. And he said, he's the head ball coach, pretty much does what he pleases. That's a horrible role model. Now, I start to wonder, what else has he done? Has stuff? Has he done that stuff in college? Does he think he can just do that at all? It gives coaches a bad name. And what sucks is, before the NFL... Before a little bit of the stuff that happened at Ohio State, Urban Meyer was, I mean, I guess still is, one of the best college coaches ever. Probably Hall of Fame, but is this going to ruin it? We're just going to quickly discuss this. You know, that's a whole another podcast topic. But this kind of ruins it. Khan, who departed, 
um, who departed for the league meetings last week, was prepared to let Meyer go when he returned to Jacksonville following another um, bad week 14 in which Meyer was found to be untruthful again about coaching decisions and which starting quarterback Trevor Lawrence felt the need to go public to implore Meyer to keep top running back James Robinson on the field with him. Meyer's handling of Robinson's bench, in which the coach opted to do when Robinson fumbled early in the game, and the aftermath of that late controversy, uh, coupled with discussions with people throughout the organization related to Meyer's character and leadership, led him to conclude he could not keep the coach in charge through Week 15, while the team's woeful product on the field was a tough watch. Sources said Khan was prepared to end endure another long season as part of rebuild and has shown a willingness to give struggling regimes more than ample time to show what they can do. But it was Meyer's individual failings and the toxic culture he himself created that led the owner to fire him. It was almost like there became a moral obligation to fire him after the way he handled Robinson's benching and with the way he treated people, said one source with knowledge to the situation. It was the right thing to do. Nothing was changing. He wasn't getting any better, and he kept getting worse. I stayed in October. Regaining our trust and respect was essential, Khan said in a statement upon his firing. <clears throat> Regrettably, it did not happen. So he was fired, and then another report has come out saying that they are fired him with cause, so they don't have to pay him. I think they have to pay him for the remainder of the season, but they're not going to pay him the rest of his deal. So I'm sure Urban Meyer's people are going to sue, and they're going to fight it. Now, firing with cause. And a report had come out saying that, you know, Khan was very concerned way back with the sticky finger situation where he told the players to fly back and he did not fly back with them. And if you, you've heard a couple of NFL coaches or prior NFL coaches get asked about this, asking have they ever done that? Have they ever even considered not flying back with the team? Is that something that's been heard? And they said no. Players have always asked to not fly back on certain times, especially on a Thursday night game when they get more time off. So Urban Meyer has just done things wrong from the get-go. Came into Jaguars with much promise. You have one of the best college football coaches ever. Won at Bowling Green. He's won at Utah. It was Utah or Houston. I believe it was Utah. Then he wins championships at Florida. Wins a championship at Ohio State. I don't remember the last time Urban Meyer in college had a losing season. Uh, You know, had a decorative thing on Fox Sports. Comes in the NFL now very quickly again. A losing season, especially at Jaguars, who they are not known for winning. They're not known for consistently winning. They've had here and there decent years, but they just don't consistently do that. And when he first got there, you know, they're adding on to certain facilities, the certain jobs they created for him to hire. Um, Trevor Lawrence is the pick, which is not a bad pick. That, But the way his offense works, some of the guys he's got to the NFL, how he's able to, to win – yeah, you, you could do that, but at the same time, this is kind of what happens when you get a guy in there as the head coach, not a coordinator, not a position coach, who doesn't has never coached in the NFL. Again, I go back to Nick Saban. People don't realize he didn't just coach in college and then became the head coach at the Miami Dolphins. He coached in college. Then he coached in the NFL. He was on the Houston Oilers. Then he was you know working with the Cleveland Browns with Bill Belichick. Then he took what he learned and went back to college. I believe Michigan State and then LSU and all that. 
Then he wanted to try it out at Miami Dolphins. Now, people call that a failure. I mean, I think he was 26 of 21, 26 of 21 or something like that. It wasn't a complete failure, but it wasn't this complete success, and the route it was going was not looking that way. And then he goes back to Alabama, and the rest is history, as we see right now. They're on their march to try to win another title. But people compare that to him. But see, at least Nick Saban was an assistant coach first. So at least he understood how the NFL was operates just a little bit. And then he got to see how to build an NFL team with Bill Belichick at the Browns. Because remember, they were close. Those the Brown team after a while, they were pretty good. But, the, but at least Nick Saban when he got the head job at Miami, had some idea of how the NFL worked. And there's some times where some college coaches can come in and make a decent impact. Again, Pete Carroll coached in college a little bit, coached in the NFL for a little bit, went back to college, went back to the NFL. Okay, so at least he had NFL experience first. Urban Meyer had zero experience in the NFL as far as my knowledge goes. So, it's not shocking to me that this ended. It's shocking to me how quickly it ended and how what had caused this. So it begins to ask the question, had Urban Meyer done things like this in college? Does he treat those college players like this? Did he have other sticky fingers around at different bars? Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Ooh, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world! Ah, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. And stuff. It begs the question for us to ask. And then it begs the question to ask if he did not act this way in college. Because you feel like Tim Tebow would not have justified that. You feel like some of those guys wouldn't. Maybe he did that at Ohio State. I have no idea. Maybe that's why he really left because things were going wrong. So what caused Urban, if these reports are true, now he's going to probably come out and say they're not. We never know. We know how the media works. We know it's hard to trust certain things. It begs the question, what caused him to be like that? What caused you to call out your coaches for being losers if it's true that you hired? Now, part of me doesn't know if that's true because I feel like those coaches would have said, hey, F off, buddy, and would have left. They were like, I'm going to go get another job in the NFL. I'm going to go get a job in college. I'll go be a position coach. We've already made some money. We'll go be a position coach in college. 
and we'll make okay money to live. And by okay money, I mean, oh, hey, here's $400,000, $500,000. I think they'll be fine. And then I think, you know, you quickly realize when you read anything on Nick Saban, like I said, when he was um, working with the Houston Oilers, I believe, he almost got in a fist fight with a linebacker, one of the linebackers. Because he had to learn, not that he, not that some of these college coaches, you know, berate and, you know, put some of these college kids down, but in college, when you control every aspect, you control literally every job in your football program comes through you and you tell the athletic director. So strength and conditioning, that's you. Nutrition, that's you. Uh, everything, everything goes through you. And everything goes through you about who's on the team, how this operates, everything. NFL, you've got to answer to some people. You're dealing with big-time adults in the NFL as college or as assistant coaches, and you're dealing with adults who are not getting paid to do this, where you don't necessarily control everything they do. Now, can a head coach and the GM get rid of a player? Absolutely. Can they trade? Absolutely. College, though, a kid, that scholarship can be taken away. And there's some bad college coaches that threaten that to those kids, which are terrible. But the good college football coaches don't do that. But they do control every aspect, okay, besides this transfer portal stuff now. But you control absolutely everything. So it begs the question of if Urban Meyer has ever acted this way before, and then they go up to a kicker if this is true, and you kick him. Now, was it a playful, like, like you're just messing around and whatever, and just you know, give him a tap on the leg and say, hey, just make the field goal, but then don't kick me on the head. Like, so some of this stuff can be taken out of context. But again... Sometimes you see a report that's not true, but it's like once in a while one comes out. Not one and after the other after the other so close together. Now, if they were winning, would this have ever happened? Would we ever know anything about this? Probably not. Winning cures all. Now, I think if it wasn't for if he did not act this way and he just was a coach and they were losing, again, you have to the report, they would be fine with it. I think everything would work out. They're okay with this building, they're okay with it being slow, but yeah, it begs the question if he had done that in college. But they fired him with cause. They don't have to pay him. That was the whole big thing of if they fire him now, they don't have to pay him some type of money. They have some type of cause. I'm sure Urban Meyer's people are going to fight it big time. So we're going to see what happens with that. Um, but that was our topics in the NFL before we move on to our next one. Uh, but yeah, Urban Meyer's fired. Um, so we're moving on in this show. Are you looking for a dr- clean nutritional drink to give you that energy for a midday pick me up, but you don't want the crash that happens after about an hour or so? Are you looking for, or are you looking for type of some type of pre workout without the high caffeine and the jitters, and still getting that crash afterwards? Um, well, I've got the right thing for you guys. If you go to SwiftLifestyles.com, you're going to get a clean nutritional drink for any part of your day. And, you know, the world is moving to gamers and Twitch and streaming. They want to sponsor gamers. So if you're listening out there and you're on Twitch, thinking about getting on Twitch, playing the video games on there, they want to sponsor people, so go talk to them. Now, this comes in a tub of 30 servings. You can buy a shaker on the website. It's not very expensive. You can put in a cup and stir it, anything like that. You get 30 servings, so, like, you don't buy a can and everything else. Get the bubblegum flavor. It's delicious. Um, if you go to swiftlifestyles.com, use the code Coach Steve Show, all one word. You're going to save 15% off your order, 
Order it now before Christmas if you want to get it for yourself or somebody else. SwiftLifestyles.com, Coach Steve's show, all one word at checkout for 15% off. All you football coaches out there, are your linemen's helmets getting scuffed after an inside run period? If so, there's a way to protect those shells and reduce all the repetitive blows those big guys are taking each and every week. It's Guardian Caps. Guardian Caps can reduce 20 to 33% of the impact. It really focuses on the big guys in the trenches because every single play those guys are hitting. Now, they're not leading with their heads, but, I mean, there's impact. Um, you know, those big guys, that's why it's the best position. Their defensive line, offensive line, it's the best positions because they get to hit every single play. It's worn by five NFL teams and 200-plus colleges like Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, Washington, and Penn State. If you go to guardiansports.com slash guardiancaps, use the code 15OFF, you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, go get these caps. You can buy one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Buy a big bulk item. Uh, buy some now. Buy some later. I understand how high school budgeting works and fundraising. Uh, so go to guardiansports.com slash guardiancaps. Code 15 off. It will save 15% off your order. Thank you, Guardian Caps, for sponsoring the podcast. All right, now we're going to dive into the Bears. Okay. Last week on Sunday, Sunday Night Football, Chicago Bears traveled to play the Green Bay Packers against Aaron Rodgers and a hurt toe. Now, I did not recognize this full Bears team in the first half of the game. There were some things that happened that, okay, this is total Bears. This is totally a Bears thing. Bears come down, and they they did not move the ball. Well, they the Bears were using fun formations a little bit. Too much wildcat, in my opinion. But they were able to wildcat, run the ball here, run the ball there. They line up in quads. They would motion. Justin Fields was able to hit some short throws. There were some guys making catches. David Montgomery was running hard um, enough to get him three yards here, three yards there. And they were going back and forth. And the Bears, usually when Aaron Rodgers versus the Bears gets the ball, he scores like, if you talk about, let's just say there was 10 possessions. He'll score eight of them. We'll get something. But, I'd ha- I mean, the Bears scored 24 points in the second quarter. And Green Bay didn't score at all in the first quarter. They scored 21. So the Bears were up 27 to 21 at halftime. Bears had come down and kicked a field goal, you know, near the about the end of the second quarter. Um, the big, big turnaround was, uh, you know, Grant Sr. He had the 97-yard punt return. Uh, that w- that really set up the tone. You know, they were up 24 to 14. Um, they unfortunately couldn't stop the Packers from getting down there to score. But I mean, it took. And then now people were talking about Justin Fields and how well he played. He was 18 of 33 for 224 yards, two touchdowns. He had two interceptions. The interception in the first half was returned for a touchdown, and that ball was just not thrown well. It was not did not have the velocity on it, and it was intercepted return for a touchdown. You wipe that away. I mean, the Bears are up twenty to be up they would be up twenty-four to fourteen at halftime where they kicked the field goal 27-14 at halftime, putting a big time pressure on the Packers. People were saying that Justin Fields took this huge step and played so much better. Now he didn't play bad. 
but the interceptions were bad and just came at the wrong time. So that first half, the Bears' defense was tackling. They were moving. They just gave up some. There was some passes that Aaron Rodgers made that I could not believe he made. But you could tell his toe was hurting. Um, there was times he could have taken off and, made, and didn't. The Bears actually got a lot of pressure. Quinn in the first half really pressured him. The Bears were really hurting the Packers' um, offensive tackles. They were getting pressure on Aaron Rodgers. They were collapsing the pocket on him. And you could tell there were some steps that he just wasn't stepping into the throw. But Aaron Rodgers is so good that he doesn't really need to. He, he threw off back a little bit. Sidearm stuff, at least from my watching it, what it looked like. He's like leaning way far back and throwing it. There were times he threw it right over our defense. It went right over our fingertips, right into the guy, and he was gone. It's just what happens. Packers doing Packers things. Aaron Rodgers doing Aaron Rodgers things. You know, it's, so it's hard, it's hard. It's tough to stop sometimes. But that first half, I did not recognize the Bears whatsoever. Um, they were playing very, very good. But then the second half, Bears doing Bears things. It is what it is. And the Green Bay Packers. One big thing I saw with the Packers, um, they came out on offense and they just said, we're going to run the ball. You know, our defensive line has played better, but he said, okay, we're going to run the ball. You know, the, the defensive ends are getting pressure on us from the offensive tack outside by the tackles. We're not getting really much pressure up front because Akeem Hicks was hurt. You have to rotate on the inside. So if you can have your inside lineman push around, they're going to run the ball. So the Packers did that. And then what starts to happen is when you're running up the middle like that, those ends aren't flying up as much because they want to try to come in and collapse everything in. So when that happens, and Rodgers can see that, and again, I'm not saying this is what happened, but this is what it kind of looked like. Then he's able to drop back. They're not getting as much pressure, and he'll make some passes. Play action, because Aaron Rodgers is fan. Is what it's probably the best play action quarterback in the league. Was able to do those things, and Aaron Rodgers just had a game. And then they were throwing quick passes. The Bears kept popping into man coverages. They, if they did go into zone. They would run them off of the vertical and run right underneath. But the Packers wide receivers are fantastic at running routes. All of them. Not just Devontae Adams. All of them. They're really good at, if okay, we're on a slant, we're really good at getting to the outside and getting right back in as quickly as we can within like two seconds, if that, if that. Which hurts the Bears. Um, when the Packers came down and scored in the end zone, uh, it looked like there was a man coverage uh but I believe Kurt Warner had put out there that the Packers like to run certain screens, I think. And so they have to play the certain coverage because they run screens, which they always do with inside the 15 or the 20. So it kind of looks like a man. There was nobody over the top to help. Quick boom into the end zone. Now, I didn't like that. You get, I, you know, So it's it's whatever the film they watched. It's easy for us to sit here and say, well, why are you in man? Which I did. I said, why are we in man coverage? Because... As good as they are one-on-one, we don't need to be doing that. But then the second half, the Bears just couldn't move the ball. You know, Justin Fields, you know, throws another interception later on, which hurts the team. Um, He did fumble the ball and lost it. Um, Herbert fumbled it, um, but he got it right back. So Justin Fields had three turnovers on his own. Now here's the problem with Justin Fields, and it's been a problem this whole time. It's the release. Now, coming into the season, they talked about how Andy Dalton was going to start. 
because he can get rid of the ball much quicker and he's more accurate when he gets rid of it quick. Justin Fields holds on to the ball longer. Now, there's sometimes he'll throw it quick and make a good pass. But if you watch, when he tried to do like the quick zip passes like an Aaron Rodgers or whatever, uh, not good. Th- good things don't really happen. He'll hold on to the ball longer because in the back of his mind, I think he could take off and run. Mm-hmm. He's still trying to dissect what they're doing on defense. But then he got pressured. He got sacked twice. I want to say that happened in the second half. And again, Aaron Rodgers just picked apart the Bears defense. Bears defense is banged up. Aaron Rodgers ends up going 29-37, 341 yards, four touchdowns. We did get him three times. I think all three sacks came in the first half. And then they they really clamped down the run game. Justin Fields had to be our leading rusher with 74 yards. All almost probably, you know, broken down pocket. Dave Montgomery only got 42 yards. I mean, the Green Bay Packers are good. Their defense stepped up. They were able to get, get pressure. They were able to bang the wide receivers around um, a little bit there. And just able to keep the Bears out of the end zone. And we just couldn't move the ball. We weren't converting on certain downs. Uh, you know, just same old, same old. That first half was great from a perspective. You know, we had a lot of momentum going into the halftime. Now, you can't make a lot of tweaks at halftime, a lot of changes at halftime. But the Packers made tweaks. Aaron Rodgers was like, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what we're going to do. And they just turned it right back around on the Bears. And they couldn't recover. You know, the Bears just cannot beat the Packers. Since Levy Smith has left, not saying he did this phenomenal job with the Bears against the Packers, but he, you know, beat them more consistently than all of the Bears head coaches we've had since then. So maybe it's time to bring back Levy Smith. I don't know. But Packers just showed up and played well. They got the run game going. Um, let's look at their run game. AJ Dillon had 15 carries, 71 yards. Aaron Jones at 35 yards. You know, so when you got running backs that are running for you. Uh, and the linemen blocking for you. They figured out we weren't doing too hot up the middle, which enabled to bounce to the outside and do certain things. They said, okay, we're going to do quick passes, and then we're just going to let Aaron Rodgers make certain throws over the top. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. Um, so, again, nothing. it's just Bears doing Bears things. You know, I, I had hope there for a little bit. You know, that old uh, Marvel thing with Hawkeye Endgame where he's like, please, don't don't give me hope. That's what happened. The Bears had at least given me some hope that, that they could kind of do something, um, especially because going into halftime, you're up, uh, you're playing well, you've, got, you've stopped them a couple times on some drives. But Bears did some Bears things, and... People think Justin Fields had this amazing, fantastic game. Well, it's turnovers. He'll fumble it the way he carries it. Um, he'll make some bad reads with the interceptions. Now, he had some good ones. Uh, Grant Sr. had the punt return, which was great. Uh, special teams played well. Then he broke away for a big pass. So some of those things happen. But, again, we're not just we're not quite there yet. So let's go into the Bears versus the Vikings. They're going to play twice quickly. So, going into this game, we, we just talked about all the pro, pro, COVID protocols in the NFL. The Bears are a part of that. So, the first thing that happened, we're going to look at one report, and then we'll look at the most updated one. All Bears coordinators and other players had entered COVID-19 protocols. All three of the Chicago Bears coordinators are now in COVID-19 protocols. 
as of Thursday. And the team added some players. Offensive coordinator Bill Lazor, defensive coordinator Sean Desi, I'm going to say his name wrong, special teams coordinator Chris Tabor, all working remotely. Nagy said their status for Monday night's game versus the Vikings is uncertain. I don't know either way Nagy said of the coach's potential availability for the Monday night game. We're prepared if they are, we're prepared if they're not. Then it talks about some players on COVID. We'll get to that in a second. At the time of this report, there was 12 players on the list. Um, bah, 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 bah. The Bears will follow the NFL enhanced protocols for at least the next few days. Nagy said on Thursday that meant a walkthrough instead of a full practice. And then virtual meetings as well as mask wearing among both vaccinated and unvaccinated employees in the building. Nagy said he was not sure if the Bears would have a full practice on Friday. Then we're going to look at... As of right now, I believe, this was written yesterday, the Bears on Friday placed two more players on the reserve COVID-19 list, quarterback Andy Dalton and nickelback Duke Shelley. They now have 13 players on the list, all of them there this week. Defensive end Mario Edwards Jr., nose tackle Eddie Goldman, corner Artie Burns, practice squad outside linebacker Sam Kamara, right tackle Larry Boom, receiver Allen Robinson, Safety, Eddie Jackson. Tight end, Jesse James. Linebacker, Joel. Uh, I can't say his last name. Running back, Ryan Nall. And practice squad player, Isaiah Coulter. All are on the COVID-19. Dalton was unable to practice Thursday due to a left-hand injury. He suffered on December 5th. Shelly, meanwhile, returned to practice Thursday for the first time since his hamstring injury um, from the 21st versus the Ravens. The Bears um, have three weeks to activate Shelly for injury reserved. Um... So they got a lot of players out. Uh, there was some good health news on Friday. Seven players who sat out Thursday's practice due to non-COVID illness were full participants in Friday's workout. Uh, David Montgomery, Herbert, Komet, Horstead, uh, Grant Sr., James Daniels, and Tevin Jenkins, who also got his first time to play against the Packers. He's a little rusty. Uh, so the Bears have a lot of players out. And having the coordinators out is a big deal for two reasons, or three, uh, two reasons. One, those are your guys who've been calling that, you know, we're going to go from a defense perspective, defense coordinator, calling it all year, game planning. Now you're going to have to have somebody step up and call the plays. No matter if you coach in the offense or defense or not. Let me rephrase that. If you're a defensive assistant, and let's say you're the linebackers coach, now you've got to call the defense. If he's not able to be there Monday night. Just because you coach in the defense, you understand the scheme, doesn't mean you're going to call the defense the exact same way the defense coordinator is. Same thing with offense. If your offense coordinator is out and you're the quarterback coach, he's out for that. You go coach, even though you understand the offensive system, you understand the plays, you're not going to call the game the same. People have different feels. They have different opinions. So it's not going to be called the same as it was. Now, they might be there. Again, Again, I don't know all the NFL protocols. I don't understand them all. They might be able to come back for Monday. They might not. So from a defense's perspective, a defense has played, has not played bad. They've just been banged up. Now, against the Packers, we gave up 45 points, but that's Aaron Rodgers. If we don't have him, call the same defense play caller, that's going to not go well. We're banged up on defense. You have some of your veteran, you know, Eddie Jackson's a defensive veteran, is out. You know, you have Cleo Mack that's out. You have Keem Hicks that's probably going to be out. Can't stay healthy. So the defense is going to look a little different. 
you know, are they going to call it aggressively? Do they just follow his game plan? Do they just say, call this stuff? Who knows? But whoever calls it is not going to be, it's not going to be the same. So does Matt Nagy get more involved in defense, even though he's an offensive guy? Who knows? That usually what kind of happens, especially in high school even, and in college where the head coach has to understand it all. I don't think Matt Nagy would call defense, but I think he might hop on there and try to help out. Offensively. Laser is out, then it's for sure a hundred percent Nagy going to be calling the plays. I think he's put his nose back into it. You can tell just the way the offense has been playing at times. You can tell when he's calling plays. Certain formations are happening. Uh, certain type of play calls are happening. Well, now he's fully going to call the plays if Laser is not there. So now it's going to be Matt Nagy calling plays. So what I am prepared to see on offense is no play actions. No design runs for Justin Fields. Not going to shift the pocket over. We're going to see a lot of run up the middles. So you might see power stuff, even though our offensive line is not good at power. They need to be inside zone, wide zone. Uh, You're going to see try to run up the middle. You're going to see like all hitches and slants. You're going to see a screen pass once in a great while. And you're not going to see a lot of tight ends involved in the game because he does not believe, especially in the red zone, if they get down there, he does not believe in getting Jimmy Graham involved enough or commit down in the red zone. And you're going to see a lot of pocket stuff. You're probably going to see five-man protection, which we're not good at. You need to keep a tight end running back in. That's what we're going to see. And against a defensive-minded team like the Vikings not going to go well. The Bears have the talent to beat the Vikings because the Vikings are up and down. They're either really, really good or they're down. But it's a rivalry game in the fact, you know, of being NFC North, they're not too far away from each other. It's going to be a tough game. I don't expect the offense to do it. You know, there's some good things they've done, but they've stalled out. So I don't, I don't foresee that. You're going to see run on first down. And if it's like second and eight, run again. And if it's like third and five, you're going to see another run. And then we're going to punt it because that's what Matt Nagy does. Uh, you might see some funky formations try to get you know some fun out of it, but I don't see it. Oh, uh, We're going to do five-man protection to keep Justin Fields in a pocket to have him pass. Well, that's not his strength. Okay, we're going to have long developing plays and make him hold on to the ball longer and second-guess some of the decision-making. That's not going to work. And you're not going to have Andy Dalton there to help Justin Fields out. You're going to have Matt Nagy calling plays. It's not going to end well. It's not going to go well. That's what I foresee the offense looking like. Right now, the Vikings are a 63% favorite. Right now, I think the spread's minus six for the Vikings. Uh, Kirk Cousins has not had a bad year. 319 of 447. I mean, he's 3,569 yards. 27 touchdowns to five interceptions. Uh, Cook, the running back, has 978 yards, six touchdowns. Not bad. Um, Jefferson, their leading receiver, 1,028 yards and eight touchdowns. So with the defense being banged up, certain players now out because of the COVID protocols, it's all going to fall on Quinn to try to do the pass rush stuff. So if that's all they know the Bears can do, they're going to do that. Raquan Smith, he's going to have to tackle well. But we don't have Eddie Jackson leading them. You're not going to have the same defensive coordinator out there calling, maybe. 
you might see the Vikings score more maybe than they you see people do on the Bears because of this. Now, NFL is different than college. In college, play calling matters a lot more. NFL, they're smart enough to try to do things on the fly. Uh, they're, they're able sometimes to call their own stuff. But defense coordinator is there to slow things down. He's there to um, manage the game. He's there to try to put guys in situations because they're up top. They're able to see things. They're not in the game fully thinking of absolutely everything, you know, they're focused on or well, on the fly. Like as a coach, you're sitting there, it's calm. You're able to see things as a player. You're thinking, okay, I have to do this footwork. I have to tackle this way. I have to read this. I have to read this as a coordinator on defense. Okay, they're in this formation. This is what they do in this formation. When this guy's here, when this guy lines up here, like you already have it out there a little bit easier. So a coach is there to kind of control that, to try to put them in the best spot. But in the NFL, those players are smart enough to figure it all out, but sometimes they don't because they have so much other things going on in their mind. Sure, you're going to see a diff- different type of defense play call. You're going to see Matt Nagy. Just, just watch film from last year um, and the year before. You're going to see whatever Matt Nagy's going to do. Uh, I don't know if Justin Fields is going to be successful with that. I doubt it. Um, again, we don't see Herbert getting the ball enough. I know Montgomery's the guy, and you got to give him the ball. I got to see... Herbert gets the ball some. He's a good running back. Again, I'm going to say this to the day I die. But both in the backfield, I think it's going to screw up the defense, motion a guy out, all that stuff. Um, Bears are going to struggle. I see the Vikings winning uh, just because, you know, they have players out the COVID-19 thing. Without the coordinators, is huge, bigger than what people realize, especially with Matt Nagy having to take control of everything. Not going to go well. Um, and then again, we're just going to have to chug along. Um, but with the Bears, you know, we're going to see the Vikings again. You look at the remaining schedule, Vikings now, Seahawks, you know, the next week. So next week we're talking about the Seahawks. We play the Seahawks. So that game that's on Sunday, don't be surprised if the Seahawks go up to them and say, can we move that game to Monday? Could get moved to Monday. Then we play the Giants, then play the Vikings to end the regular season. So the Bears really got four more games. And after that game against the Vikings, Let's see if we get some front office changes, doctor changes, head coaching change, you know, GM change. Let's see if we get it all, you know, only four more times, and then finally we can see if there's some change or not. I have a feeling they're not going to, but let's just see if we get that. I see the Bears showing against the Vikings. You know, it's a rivalry game, though, so anything goes. Um, But with players out, all that out, we'll see. Um, But that wraps up this episode. We're going to end it just a couple minutes early. It's fine. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening again. Uh, this episode or this podcast is out on December 19th. It's our Sunday belly up pregame show with the bellyupsports.com. Every Sunday, watch these shows leading up to, um, kickoff real quick. If you've made it this far, I appreciate you. We are going to go over, um, the schedule. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Um, real quick.
bear with me, everybody. So here is the schedule uh, at 8 a.m. Eastern time. You can always check out TSS Fantasy. Uh, and then you check out your Bears pregame with me. We'll talk Bears pregame and everything else. Right now in the video version, if you stay tuned, uh, coming up is 4th and 4 with Zach Kyleman, Kelsey, DJ, and the crew for 4th and 4, talking about everything in the NFL uh, and everything out in sports. Then if, then I, right after them, Rough Cut Sportscast. And then to end your Sunday belly up pregame is MD's Fantasy Football. Watch all these games leading up to the NFL kickoff on Sundays. So check them out. Video version, we're going right after the other. It goes on from 8 a.m. Eastern Time all the way to 1 p.m. Eastern Time for Central Time, like me. Uh, you know, 7 a.m. all the way to 12 leading up to the 12 kickoff. Um, so check all that out. Coming up right after this is fourth and four with Zach Kyleman, um, Kelsey, DJ, and the crew from High Low Sports for fourth and four. Um, Again, please like and subscribe to the Coach Steve Show YouTube channel. Check out, check out all the affiliates in the description below. Check out the weekly episodes. Audio version, please follow it, rate it, review it, all that stuff. Thank you guys so much. This has been another episode of the Coach Steve Show podcast, and we are out of here. redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.